we are all dead. It may surprise you to learn that we are in fact all dead and living in a simulation that the band The Eagles have dubbed the Hotel California. While this may be difficult for some people to accept, once I share the evidence hidden in plain view within the lyrics, the truth will be undeniable. The Hotel California is the easter egg within the simulation that most people refer to as life. We are all in fact dead and the Hotel California explains that the reason for our demise is the self-indulgent behavior and hedonistic excess that causes us to destroy ourselves. Warning, listening to this podcast may trigger existential nausea. Please listen at your own risk. The first hint of this is that the album Hotel California was originally released by Asylum Records. An asylum is generally a separate space that keeps people locked away from the rest of the world. An obvious allusion to the Eagles' realization that we are all locked up in the post-death simulation. So, why do they know what we do not? The Eagles are shaman spirits, is why, with insights into existence that most people lack. Their name alludes to this with the use of the eagle, held sacred in many Native American cultures, which also put a great reverence into wise shaman. The eagle also represents honesty, truth, courage, wisdom, power, freedom, and strength. The band are saying that they have a bird's eye view of the Hotel California that most do not possess, and they have the courage to try and send a message to the rest of us, the truth that we can be in a false world, and that the only have the wisdom to know about this, and thus their bird's eye view gives them the freedom to create the message to send to us. Starting off with the second track of the album, New Kid in Town. This one holds no peculiarities or strange contrasting tones in the music, unlike the title song Hotel California, which we'll get into later. The focus here is on the lyrics. On the outside, the lyrics appear to be mostly about a hopeless romance between the character of the song and an unnamed woman. But, to use the cliche phrase, that is only what they want you to think. What if the song isn't even about a romance at all? What if the attraction is not love, but intrigue? The first four lines... These lines seem to be completely disconnected from the rest of the song, which is about romance. Unless, it isn't about romance. If the lines are read again in the lens of the priorly established message, they seem to be about a topic, not a person. A topic that everyone is universally interested in, and recognizes, yet is also a novelty. A topic that holds great meaning, but is also unknown. Few topics fit the description, yet there are two that are common across all human history, life and death. Little is known about either, yet both are topics of great intrigue. Even those familiar with it do not expect it. However, when combined with other excerpts of the song's lyrics,
a bigger picture starts to form, with questions to accompany. Who is constantly reminded of a life? Who walks away from a life? And who holds onto a life while crying? No one. Not unless they are leaving it. Thus, life as a topic is eliminated. And so, all that remains is a topic of death. Who is constantly reminded of death? Who walks away from a life and who holds onto a life while crying? Someone that's dying is who. And who dies? Everyone dies. Death is all around us. We can do nothing but prepare for our deaths for most of our lives. We dedicate ourselves to doing all we can before we die. It is the threat that constantly looms over us. But why, in these lyrics, if the overarching topic is death, is the central character keeping it close while crying? Not only that, but the character also wishes to have told her so many things. What if the character does not wish to tell someone something, but the lyric is instead an analogy for wishing to have done more in the character's life? Then finally, the lyrics, it doesn't really matter which side you're on, you're walking away and they're talking behind you. Perhaps there is nothing the character can do, no matter what side they are on, to stop the impending death. Next, people are talking on the street. Everyone seems to know something about it, and the main character cries while holding it. The it, we have established, is death. What sort of death does a person cling to that has not happened yet, but that everyone seems to know about? The sort that concerns everyone, absolutely everyone. And there is only one event that involves the death of absolutely everyone, the apocalypse. This incorporates the second to last line, it doesn't really matter which side you're on, because no matter what you do, the apocalypse will take you. Now, I've just told you what happens before, but what happens after the great death? The apocalypse. The fourth song of the album, Wasted Time, answers that question. The lyrics here are far less hidden than metaphorical. They simply sprinkle in a couple of words about love here and there to keep the message from being too overt. The song opens with the lyrics, Here's where things get interesting. We continue with the theme of death and after death. This verse serves to illustrate the first moments of the afterworld. People are simply standing around. They do not seem to have been expecting a further life. They do realize, however, that their death has occurred with this line, you can't believe it's happening again. People are in disbelief that their world appears to have remained the same. This is indicative of the post-death simulation, sort of like the Matrix, where the real world appears to remain the same and people go about their lives in it. Next come the lines, and you're back out in the street, and you're trying to remember. How do you start it over? This is indicative of the mass memory wiping that appears to be occurring, in order to keep the population civil. The simulation must wipe everyone's memories of their death, to make them think they are still living. Once the memory wiping is established, the song changes to the thoughts of the narrator, who is aware of all of these events, and still remembers the world before the death simulation.
The narrator first off makes reference to drugs because in this post-death world nobody can really die because they're already dead, so people naturally get bored. They run out of things to do and to pass the time they go back to what they did before they all died. Self-indulging, including taking drugs. Then in the second part of the verse, the narrator notes regretting all the time that he wasted and that he never managed to do anything with. Finally, the opening, a namesake track, Hotel California. Now we're going to go into a bit of the music here as well because this also plays an important part. The song starts off with an intro only playable on one of the more rare 12-string guitars. Less than 5 seconds in and the Eagles are already asserting that the song is something different. The chords the guitar plays include flats, minors, majors, and 7th chords. All chords that set a mysterious and eerie yet empowering tone. Almost as if saying that whatever is to come is sacred and powerful, like imparting cursed knowledge upon the listener. The sound effects put on the guitar too create an almost shimmering experience, as if the sound of the, the guitar is a god ray sent to the listener from beyond a thick fog. This is in line with the dark and poetic lyrics, which put the subject of the line after the verb, an unusual and poetic combination. This creates a dichotomy with the rest of the song, which uses a more reggae style of timing, strumming a muted guitar on the offbeats of the drums, creating a more upbeat tone. The verse's instrumentals continue as such until the pre-chorus, which ends by pitching up, creating a musical precipice or asking a musical question, matching the lyrics, which say the pro protagonist heard voices say something, but doesn't mention what the voices say until the music falls, as if dropping the listener from a great height onto a soft and pleasant chorus as though the listener fell onto a pile of feathers. Then the lyrics answer the question of what the voices said, with the first line of the famous chorus, Welcome to the Hotel California. The pleasant, cushioned music continues through the chorus, but with a gu distorted guitar playing a riff that would not be amiss in a Hawaiian hula song. This creates the sensation of being in a calm setting, like on a Caribbean beach where all your troubles melt away. All of this music is just an illusion. It knows it is an illusion as well, as it sprinkles little references to the fact that it's inconsistent, nonsensical, or downright misleading, as with the chorus and the hula riff. This follows a trend with the song. The, the music, the lyrics, the tone, the message are all more like little easter eggs hidden within themselves, with red herrings and false trails littering the way to the true meaning. 
and that is that we are all, in fact, not. We are not living in a real world, the world we know today. It's a lie. It does not exist. The Eagles have recognized this, and they are using one of the most powerful coded messaging systems available and to send us a message to wake up from this nightmare dream world we are living in. Now, on to the lyrical content. The beginning of the Eagles Hotel California makes reference to darkness in a desert. Throughout history, the desert has often represented hell or purgatory in literature, as has darkness. One example of this is the 1972 number one hit song, Horse With No Name by America, which describes a desert wasteland in which the narrator slowly lets go of the living world. In the Eagles song, the desert is clearly a passageway into an inescapable phantom zone. After entering the new world, the first sensation described is the warm smell of kalitas, which is often a reference to marijuana, but can also refer to sex. This is important to the central message of the Eagles song, describing a downfall of humanity due to our hedonistic lifestyle. The fact that the first thing that greets the narrator is the trappings of desire foreshadows the cause of our demise. Soon, up ahead in the distance, the narrator sees a shimmering light. This, coupled with a dark highway, is reminiscent of the tunnel with the light at the end of it that many victims of near-death experiences describe and that is written about in many religious traditions. One famous depiction of this experience is portrayed in the film Poltergeist, in which a young girl is trapped in the spirit world. When she sees the light at the end of the tunnel, the shaman, trying to save her, note, cries out, Stay away from the light! The light is dangerous! Don't go near it! Don't even look at the light! The next line is a very obvious reference to death, as the narrator's head grows heavy and his sight grows dim. This is similar to what often happens just before an individual dies. They get less oxygen to their brain. Uh, the narrator then says he has to stop for the night. This is a clear metaphor for the ending of life, and allowing the darkness of death to engulf you. Next, the narrator describes a female figure in the doorway of a building that he does not describe. One might infer that this is the doorway into a building, since the title of the song is Hotel California, but this is merely a red herring. This is actually the point of crossing over into the realm of death. The fact that the figure is a woman hints at a temptress or siren leading him to his doom. In fact, at this moment, he hears a mission bell, which is the warning of his conscience that he's heading into the wrong direction, but it's already too late. The next line is central to the entire revelation of Hotel California. The narrator declares, I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. Obviously, he has slipped into a world that blurs the lines between pleasure and pain, joy and despair. One case in which the blurring of these worlds occurs is when one overdoses on drugs. One feels incredible pleasure from the drugs, but the incredible pain as well, because one's body is overloaded and starts to shut down. Is this what happened to the narrator of Hotel California? Is that what happened to all of us? Well, the next line is, Then she lit up a candle and she showed me the way. This is reminiscent of the ferryman who delivers people across the river sticks to the afterlife. This feels very much like a trap, and this is emphasized by the fact that there were voices down the corridor that he hears sing out, Welcome to the Hotel California, such a lovely place, such a lovely face. The reference to a lovely face stresses that the woman leading him down the corridor is kind of a temptress or siren, leading to, him, to his doom. The lyrics continue on, to almost advertise the Hotel California in the line, Plenty of Room at the Hotel California, which puts a very sinister tone over the chorus, making reference to all of the space available for souls such as the narrators, as if such souls moving to the afterlife were expected. 
Further credence is lent to the afterlife world, expecting souls in the line any time of year, meaning that the souls are expected to be constantly entering the Hotel California. Finally, the chorus ends with, You can find it here, which symbolizes the self-indulgent pleasures found in the Hotel California that humanity was using before it came to its ultimate downfall. On to the second verse, opening with, her mind is Tiffany twisted. She got the Mercedes Benz, spelled B-E-N-D-S. The spelling here is important because it uses synonyms for being wound up in something. Adding to this is the fact that both Tiffany and Mercedes are seen as higher-end luxury brands. It could also be a reference to the life-threatening condition that divers get when they rise up high too quickly. They get the Benz, which alludes to the cause for humanity's downfall, which was our complete entanglement with overindulgence and destructive opulence. The next line says... She got a lot of pretty, pretty boys she calls friends. This reveals the ca casual and superficial nature of the connections formed by these pleasure seekers. In the lines, how they dance in the courtyard, sweet summer sweat. Some dance to remember, some dance to forget. The narrator describes two actions connected by word use, sex in the first line, further symbolizing shallowness of human society, and in the second line, memory. These are two separate ideas that are con connected by a single overall idea, which is distraction. The world humanity lived in was a cold and desperate place where opulence and wealth and pleasure divided the entire population, causing wars, famine, and misery. Humanity began to look to distractions such as drugs and sex and self-indulgence to attempt to forget the misery of their world, much like the 1920s where self-indulgence and feigned opulence were ubiquitous as many attempted to forget the horrors they had experienced. The Hotel California is an eternal echo of that world. The verse then shifts to a more religious tone in the next line. So I called up the captain, please bring me my wine. This is a moment when the narrator asks a higher power if there is any salvation. The answer the narrator receives is, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. This is pretty much the higher power saying that the time for salvation has passed. Skipping ahead a little. At the end of the second chorus, the lines, They living it up at the Hotel California, what a nice surprise, what a nice surprise, bring your alibis, reveal that the people in the Hotel California are all guilty and need to come armed with excuses for how they lived. The final verse opens with mirrors on the ceiling, representing opulence again, but also a reflection of how people lived. Pleasure seeking in excess is a form of narcissism, so mirrors on the ceiling symbolizes the self-obsession that doomed the humans. The location of the mirrors is important too, since it allows one to look over everyone else and see what they are doing. The mirrors reflect their actions from a top-down perspective, preventing people's bodies from blocking their actions. It allows one to look at others from above their shoulder, but only if one looks upwards. The mirrors are also a secret message that the world everyone thinks they're living in is not real. It is only a mirror of the real world that everyone used to be living in. The next line, and she said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device shows how everyone came to the Hotel California in the first place. They all caused their own destruction, either by drug overdose or creating a catastrophic global phenomenon from their abuse of natural resources and their quest for further indulgences. Finally, the narrator describes why people even remain in the Hotel California in the lines, Last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. Here, the narrator has finally realized that he has fallen into a trap. He tries to escape the Hotel California and return to the previous life he had. However, as he attempts his exit, he is told, Relax, said the nightman. We are programmed to receive. 
You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Nightman in this line is like the guard at the gates of hell, preventing those who have entered from leaving. The Nightman also says, we are programmed to receive. This alludes to the fact that the entirety of the Hotel California, which is our metaphor for our entire existence, is not just a one-way entrance to another land, but is also an endless simulation. The programmers only designed the simulation to accept people, not return them. So if you've ever felt like something was not quite right about this world, now you know the truth. Might as well accept it. Relax. Consider yourself welcome. You'll be here a while.